Good morning and welcome. Welcome to the house of the Lord. We'd like to welcome you to Grace Summit this morning. Those of you that are here to worship here in service. And uh, also, of course, those of you that are watching online, we welcome you this morning. In just a moment, we're going to pray and, and begin the service, begin praise and worship. But before we do, I just want to make one announcement. Um, most of you know Tony Levin, uh, who has been one of our elders for many years. His father, Dr. Joe Levin, passed away this morning. And so um, just want to encourage you to pray for him uh, and, and Lynn and also, of course, his mother, Janice. Some of you know them. And... Um, you know, Joe was a great man of God, so he, he will be sorely missed, but we also know where he is, and we also know that he is celebrating right now. So uh, we just encourage the family to celebrate that fact. We know that they have things to deal with, and, and uh, it's a tough time, and we're going to pray for them, but we, we just encourage them to celebrate what Joe's celebrating now and to celebrate with him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We come into your house today. We enter your gates with thanksgiving. We enter your courts with praise. We thank you that we can worship you today, Father. And we just pray that you will touch the Levin family this morning, that you will strengthen them and encourage them, Lord, and help them to see you for who you are. Give them the peace that passes understanding. We know where Joe's at, and we know we'll all get to see him again one day, and we thank you for that fact, and we celebrate that fact, Father. And we just bless your name this morning. We ask you that here in the service today, you did you help us to have eyes to see what we need to see and ears to hear what we need to hear. And we just invite you in, Holy Spirit. We ask you to come in this morning and fill this place, Holy Spirit. We ask you to move in a mighty way that you would save, that you would deliver, that you would heal. And we bless your name for it, and we thank you for it. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Let's sing this. Christ is. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. Amen. He won't. Let's sing this. And I've still got joy in chaos in every season. In every situation, we praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Because I built my life on Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful in every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. No, he won't. He won't. He won't fail. He won't fail. 
I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense, so I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength, because I built my life on Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful in every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. No, he won't. He won't. He won't fail. He won't fail. Built on you. 
What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Glory He's to good, God. amen. Hallelujah, amen. He's good. I, uh, I'm thankful for what I have as far as videos and stuff, but I, I, I could sing that song for another five or ten or fifteen minutes. Uh, I, uh, I want to do something though with that. The Bible says in Philippians chapter two. Give me some background music. Um, if you need prayer for anything, we want to join with you and pray with you. And uh, but the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And we said a number of months ago. I just felt led, and I carry him with me all the time. And uh, I actually panicked last night. I did. I panicked. I couldn't find him. Thought I had misplaced them. I actually thought um, somebody had thrown them away. <gasps> just, I just couldn't take it. And so I bet I had actually had put them instead of my notebook in my Bible. And, um, but we're believing for God to, for salvation for these. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou and thy household shall be saved. And so we're believing for that. But if you need prayer for anything, we want to lay hands on you and believe with you. Now, the one thing I'm going to do different today about praying for people up here is um, I need me an, an, an usher or uh, whoever comes up here for prayer, we're going to take communion uh, quickly. If you want to receive communion out there, if you raise your hand, maybe Eli or somebody can, if you want one. Um, they're, they're, I think, in the back there. And, uh, but communion is a sign of the covenant. And uh, it, it is a, um, a visual and a natural thing that we can touch, taste, and feel of the body of the Lord and the blood of Jesus. And so uh, I want us to, so if you want to receive communion at this time, you can raise your hand and um, hold your hand up. Elon will take care of you. And then we will be, um, but if you also want hands laid upon you or prayer, just come on up as we get ready to pray. And then we are gonna, um, We'll probably let our uh, video, our worship continue, and uh, we'll do communion right at the very end, and then we will receive our offering. Father, in Jesus' name, before we pray for these, I thank you right now for salvation for these right here, Father, we're believing for ourselves in faith with each other, that uh, according to Acts 16, 31, that we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and that us and our household shall be saved. Our whole family, whole family salvation, uh, father, mother, sons and daughters shall be saved. And Father, we thank you right now that workers go across their path, preaching the gospel to them, sharing the good news with them, that their eyes see and that their ears hear and that they receive in Jesus' name. And everybody says...
chorus. Two, three, four. Chorus, two, three, four. Bright, 
is what we pray. We need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out, Yahweh. Pour your spirit out. Holy anointing, the power of your presence. Pour your spirit out. 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 We ask. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Out of the redeemed, prophesy and sing. We can hear the wind blowing, blowing. Upon our praise, sons and daughters sing. We can hear the wind blowing, blowing. Let all the redeemed prophesy and sing. We can hear the wind blowing, blowing. Sons and daughters sing We can hear the wind blowing, blowing We need a fresh wind Fragrance of heaven Pour your spirit out, Yahweh Pour your spirit out A holy anointing Pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out, let all the, let all the redeemed prophesy and sing, we can hear the wind blowing, blowing, move upon our praise. Daughters sing, we can hear the winds blowing, blowing. We need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out on us, we pray. Holy anointing, the power of your prayer. Pour your spirit out, we ask. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Let's give him a praise this morning. Amen.
Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you are going to receive communion with me, uh, go ahead and take the uh, cracker out. Um, the, the table of the Lord, I always like to parallel it to this, but I, specifically today I want to. Uh, this is like a wedding, in a sense. Uh, at a wedding, we, you guys, as the preacher, I'd stand here. We'd have a bride, I'm uh, sorry, a groom and a bride. And during that ceremony, we would receive things and give things and then walk away with a different attitude. Up until that moment, they're not married. But then they're going to give and receive vows. They're going to give and receive rings. We're going to light the candle, do the roses, do the sand, do the dirt, whatever we all do nowadays. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, it's all different. I know of a family that got mad because they weren't doing candles. Well, you know, whatever. And uh, we're going to have that process, that ceremony. And then they're going to walk out the church and go, you know, I'm married. And the only thing that's changed about them is they gave something, they received something, and they made a commitment. That's the only thing that changed. Physically, there's not one thing changed about them. But when we come to the table of communion, we ought to have that same level of faith that we receive the body, we receive the blood, and we're changed. And we act different. My sister went to high school with the guy who one week after high school got married. He graduated on one Friday, the next Friday got married, and could not understand in two weeks why he couldn't go out on a date with another woman. Now, who in here knows she married a winner? Can I have an amen? <laughs> a good winner. But because, so what should have changed? His lifestyle. So what we have to do when we receive communion is we let our lifestyle change. Our words, our thinking, our believing. And in the other side to that is, if you're not right with the Lord right now, fix it. Amen. Right before we take it, just say, Father, forgive me. I repent. I, I, I turn my life over to you. Can I have an amen? amen. So hold the, hold the bread, Father, in Jesus' name. We uh, judge our hearts right now. You said if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So, Father, we judge ourselves. If, there, if there's any sin in us, Father, we ask you that you illuminate it so that we may repent. Because we don't want to be out of fellowship with you. We don't ever want to have anything in between us and you. We want to be as close to you as we possibly can. And so, Father, we receive this body. Broken for us, if you will, break it as best you can. And that, Father, your body was broken for us and that by your stripes were healed. The guilt and chastisement of our peace was laid upon you. That Father, we, we thank you that you carried our infirmities and, and our, our diseases. You, you, you carried our griefs and our sorrows. You're, you carried all that we'll ever need. And you provide it for us. So Father, we receive it and we do this in remembrance of you and we take and eat in Jesus' name. Take and eat. In the same manner, Father, we take this cup, which we know represents the blood, that this blood was shed for us. Say this with me. This blood was shed for me. It forgives and cleanses me from all sin, all unrighteousness. And in Christ, I am the righteousness of God. I am the healed of God. I am the blessed of God because of this blood. So Father, in Jesus' name, we take this cup and we receive it in remembrance of you and we let it change us. From this day forward and every day, we thank you, Father, that we are in Christ and a new creation. Old things passed away. All things become new. And we receive this in your name. Take and drink of the body of the Lord, of the blood of the Lord.
And everybody say amen. amen. Was anybody's nearly fermented? Mine was a little close. So, it was a little, so uh, but it's not much. In Jesus' name, amen. I um, want to encourage you. When you receive communion, let that be a deciding note. Uh, youth are dismissed for uh, their youth service. And uh, amen. They got a great lesson. It's a great lesson. Um, I've watched it. I'll tell you about that for service. And the reason I'm going to tell you about that for service is so you don't leave my service and go back in there and watch it. Can I have an amen? Going to be. So uh, if you will, give me some good uh, happy music. I guess that's kind of happy. It's not happy enough, but it is okay. That's kind of slow happy. If you will, step out of your chair, greet somebody right around you, and uh, welcome them today. If you don't know them, make sure you find them. If you do know them, don't go to them first. Go to who you don't know. Amen. Glory to God. making your way back to your seat we want to prepare just a moment here to receive our tithes and offerings and uh, of course if you're here in the sanctuary you can grab an envelope right out of the back of one of the chairs and if you are watching online they're going to be scrolling some ways that you can give this morning so we encourage you to give and to uh, bless the Lord this morning. I want to read a verse to you. I want to read a verse to you. And actually, I want to I pray it as a prayer. I want to pray this verse as a prayer this morning. It's actually 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, as we prepare to receive our offering this morning. And this is what it says. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Father, we thank you for this time today. We thank you we can give to you. We ask you to bless our tithes and offerings this morning and bless our people. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You can bring your tithes up. Thank you.
first, second, third time guest. Hopefully you took a moment and filled out our connection card. Um, or there is a QR code if you're online or even in-house you can use. Um, thank you. Look at somebody and say, I'm glad you're here. Okay, come on, say it like you mean it. You said that so sad. You said that like you was talking to your cousin that you can't stand who used to steal your clothes. Say, I'm glad you're here. Amen. You know, sometimes, I mean, I don't mean it's wrong, sometimes we just need to practice sounding good. Who in here knows there's a difference between a husband looking at his wife going, I love you, and looking at his wife going, I love you. Amen? Well, I don't feel like I love them. Well, that's where the life of faith comes in. Okay, amen. Okay, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Obadiah, chapter one. I'll tell you what, don't turn there. Put that on the screen. That, that's, that's obscure. Uh, that's, that's, that's one of the minor prophets. He's in that part of the Bible, the Old Testament, where the pages are stuck together. Can I have an amen? You know, we don't pull Obadiah much. But this is Obadiah 1, verse 17. And then we're going to pick up where we left off last week from Habakkuk chapter 2. So please turn there, if you will. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you that your word is a, a light unto our path. It is uh, the bread of life that we eat. Father, we ask today that we would receive a supernatural, incorruptible, um, unconquerable seed from the Word of God that would illuminate our mind, our hearts, our ears, our eyes. And Father, we say with our, our mouth that we have eyes that see. Say this with me. I have eyes that see, ears that hear, and a heart that receives. And I am good ground in Jesus' name. So, Father, we receive your word today, and we thank you that we will never be the same in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Obadiah chapter 1, verse 17 says, But on the Mount Zion there shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. I wanted to use that verse just as a kickoff. It's always strange to me. It says, They shall possess their possessions. Who in here knows sometimes you have possessions, you might, you might have possessions you don't possess. In other words, there are things God has done for you, implanted in you, gifted you, but you're not walking in them. Doesn't mean it's not yours. It just means you don't possess it at the moment. Um, I think there's a lot of things in that. Sometimes that I believe those things are things that God has to give us vision for so that we can begin to see us doing that. It's hard for us to see ourselves sometimes walking into things of God. We were talking about it earlier today. It's, it's identification. You just cannot identify with that. Um, having said that, I'm just reminded, uh, y'all have heard me tell the story about praying for the woman, come up for the prayer time. I still don't remember what she wanted or needed, but I remember this. I said, let's just ask our good heavenly father that he will do this for us. And tears well up. She just starts to cry. She goes, I can't do that. I'm like, do what? She goes, I can't believe that God is a good heavenly father. I was like, well, why not? I mean, I had the same kind of time. I was like, why not? I mean, I couldn't believe this almost. She goes, I've never had a good man be good to me. I said, what do you mean? She says, from my father to my uncles to my brothers to my cousins. If it wasn't physical abuse, it was mental abuse or it was verbal abuse. She said, I, that's all I've ever known. She goes, I can't imagine a man being good to me, let alone a father. She says, because you didn't know my daddy. And I mean, my heart broke for her. She could not see that God could be good to her, so therefore there's a whole realm of possession she had cut off, been cut off from because she couldn't see herself possessing it. Because who would hear no one of the greatest things you'll ever possess is a good heavenly father, amen? Because who would hear knows when your daddy loves you and is gonna take care of you, you got it made. When daddy shows up, who in here when you was a kid thought your daddy could do anything? 
I, my dad worked for Duke Power. When he first went to work, I thought he could turn people's power off. I thought he was like the all-powerful power guy. And I, I actually told him one time, I said, you don't act, act right. My dad will cut your power off. And I went and asked him about that. He said, son, I can't cut people's power off. I'm in construction. I didn't know what to tell that boy. Can I have an amen? But you shall possess your possessions. This was prophetic to the children of Israel. But the principle's still the same. We must begin to see things. Now, I gave out last week, and I gotta be honest, I meant to print some more, and I did not. I actually have two or three extra here. But I gave these out last week. And uh, if you want one, I got two extra here. But I called it a personal vision planner. And uh, I've always been a big proponent of this. If, does anybody want one of these? If you didn't get one last week? Who, did you? Who? Okay, okay. Okay, I got two. I, okay, I'm going to be very specific. I saw the two hands. If you don't like this, y'all can fight it out in the parking lot in the name of the Lord, okay? <laughs> okay, hold on. Hey, Kristen, and I can't remember your name. Huh? Darlene. Darlene, Darlene. There you go. Amen. And uh, uh, I encourage you to fill it out. I encourage you to take some time. And I promise you, it will make a difference. Because when you can see things, you can find them. And if you can't see them, you can't find them. My cell phone, which is sitting over there, has a red case on it. I prefer a red case for one reason. The sound bar in my house is black. The sound bar in my bedroom is black. The table, coffee table, is black. If I put a black phone on a black table, I have to call it to find it. And if it's on Sunday afternoon, I turn it off, I ain't finding it. So I have had, actually had to listen for the vibration. Do you know how aggravating it is to be three feet from your phone and you have no idea where it is, but you can hear, you can hear that? Do you know how to do that? So I have a red one, why? I can see it. Habakkuk chapter two. Verse two says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And then verse four ends with the phrase, but the just shall live by his faith. Um, Helen Keller made a comment one time. Uh, she said, I think one of the worst things is, is to be able to see but have no vision. And that is so true when it comes to spiritual things. George Washington Carver, who, who's ever heard of George Washington Carver? Well, just a great, great spiritual man. I actually ticked off a bunch of people one time. They asked him, they said, well, how are you going to figure this out? He said, give me time and I'll pray and the Lord will reveal it to me. And they laughed at him. Well, then he came back with the answer. They didn't laugh. Can I have an Amen. He always went to God first. He said that where there is no vision, there is no hope. And that's so true. You got to have hope. And the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, one reason why some people don't receive things from God is because they don't have faith. That's true. One another reason is they don't have hope. And faith and hope are totally different. Is that not right? And it's not, it's not disparaging to say faith isn't hope or hope isn't faith or faith isn't love or love isn't hope. But each one has its place and who here knows the greatest of these is love because without love, you can't operate in faith because the Bible says faith works by love. But you gotta have hope to begin with. You gotta see something. You gotta have something to strive for. Uh, there, there was a guy who was, uh, actually created all the electrical systems that we really enjoy by the name of Nikola Tesla. Tesla was a great guy 
inventingly. Uh, there's a picture that I've always loved. He's sitting in this arc chamber and there's hundreds of thousands of volts just shooting all around him and he's reading by the light of all these lightning bolts. Uh, if you ever remember, if you've ever been into any kind of store and they got that little ball and you touch it and it's got the, you know, kind of looks like the Frankenstein thing. Um, that, that is based on, on his and he, he created those. And um, I mean, that's just kind of a toy part of it. But uh, Tesla, I mean, just a, a profound man. Well, his, his um, laboratory caught fire one time and burned everything. And most people agree and, or believe that it was industrial sabotage because everybody was trying to, you know, jockey for, you know. I, I think it's funny, everybody thinks like back in the day they were so nice to each other during these inventions. Dear Lord, they hated each other. Edison hated Tesla. Tesla didn't care for Edison. Tesla used to work for Edison. And Edison didn't respect Tesla or ever give him credit like he should have. And that made Tesla mad. But Tesla had an ability that they say just went far beyond because he could take something from concept to manufacture position pretty quick. This is, he would build it in his head and he would test it in his head. So he didn't have to build 14 prototypes to get to a finished product. He might build two. But he could see it. Somebody asked him after his uh, laboratory got burned down and he had an identic memory, you know, so he could, we call photographic. They asked him, they said, are you upset? You've lost all your papers. He goes, I haven't lost it. He says, I can write it down again. But he could see it. Now see, unless you see certain things spiritually, you will never walk in them. Amen. And then we get the other side, and I always wanna point this out, we get the person who says spiritually. I always think it's funny when, when, when we talk about salvation, most people will agree that you have some part to play. As many as received him. So you gotta do some receiving. But after we get born again, tons of people preach, well, after that, it's just the will of God. If God wants you healed, he'll heal you. If God wants you to have peace, he'll give it to you. If God wants you to have grace, he'll give it to you. Yeah, before we got saved, we had some responsibility. After we get saved, well, it's just up to God. Well, guys, it don't work that way. Because the Bible says, uh, <laughs> these signs follow them that believe. And I told the story about this lady one time, we were in a uh, park service, and I won't tell the whole story, but this guy laid hands on this woman. And I saw her sitting way in the back, and I'm sitting over to the side, and I was just a, I was just a youth pastor. But I knew this lady, the power, I don't know how I knew it, and I don't know how Lisa knew it. We knew the power of God would hit that woman. And this minister, guest minister, laid hands on her and the power of God hit her and she actually just kind of went limp and hit her head on a metal chair. And you could hear her body hit the ground and that metal chair like a sack of concrete. And my wife, Lisa looked at me, she said, she's gonna fall out under the power of God. I said, I know she is. She says, what are you gonna do? I said, sit here and watch it because I can't run that fast. I am not flash. So a couple days later, I'm doing a Bible study for this senior citizen group. And this woman looked at me and she said, did you see that man hit that woman and knock her out? I said, well, ma'am, he didn't. I said, in fact, I, from where I said, I could tell he barely touched her. All oh, that scared me. I mean, man, she got on a rant. Oh, that scared me. All oh, that bothered me. That, that scared me. I hope he don't ever touch me. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I said, that right there scares me. Did you see that one? I said, well, she stood up and gave glory to God how God healed her. Did you not hear that? She goes, well, yeah, but I said, she stood up and gave glory to God that her head didn't hurt after hitting the chair. 
Did you not? Oh, I, I, I just, oh, I, I just, oh, that bothered me. That scared me. I said, well, honey, and I, I said this to rebuke her. And what's funny is it didn't even hit her. I said, well, honey, the Bible says these signs follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He believed that verse and she believed that verse. But you don't believe that verse. So don't you worry about it. It will never happen to you. And I'm really trying to rebuke her and catch, you know, wake her up. She goes, well, I hope not. I said, I promise you, it will never happen to you. Two reasons. Number one, Jesus doesn't cast pearls before swine. And I don't mean that like she's a pig. I don't mean that, but, but, you know, but he's not going to waste the other side too, but as many as received him. So you've got to receive, you've got some part into the receiving. But you've got a, you've got a big part in the seeing. Now, if you will, turn with me to Genesis chapter 15. This is one of my favorite passages about Abram or Abraham. Genesis 15 chapter one says, and after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. So he's still going by the name Abram in Genesis 15. Saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside. Now, I want to go back to a verse. Verse two says, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? So he's reminding God of what he can see. He can see he goes childless. Is that right? Everybody see that? Abram is letting God see, know that he can see he is childless. And that is all Abram can see. And then he says, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, the heir of my house. I have given to you no offspring. I'm sorry, you have given to me no offspring. And the, when the word of the Lord comes in verse four, God plainly states, this will not be your hair, but look at verse five. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven, count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now he asked for something. Where is that? He asked for something. And we know that what he's asking for ultimately is a child. But he's also asking, if you will, indirectly for something else. And if you want to, you can say it this way. God indirectly or directly ultimately gives him a child, no question. But at that moment, he gives him something he can hold on to. He's wanting to see something. He's, all, all Abram can see is I have no child. So what does God give him something to do? He gives him something else to see. So every time he goes out and sees them stars, what does he see? Children. In one place he actually says, look at the sand. So in the daytime he can see sand, in the nighttime in the desert, and I've never been in the desert in the nighttime, I would love to be in the desert in the nighttime and see the stars. Because where I live, you can't see nothing. You got too many street lights. Come over to church sometimes you can, but there's still some street lights. And I'd love to be able to just see it, you know, all the, you ever, see, you ever seen those pictures, you know, out in Australia, out in the outback, Sahara somewhere, and they'll do those time-lapse pictures, you know, and, and you can see all the galaxies. I mean, you can just see heaven. You can't see it around here, too much light, too much distraction. And if you think about it, those distractions are what keep us from seeing those stars. And what's God wanting Abram to do? 
everywhere he sees. He's reminded he's got children. See, that's why you need to write vision down so that you see it. And I think you ought to go one more further. I'd encourage you to do this, and I mean this, do this. If, if you wanna lose weight, find you a picture of whoever you wanna be like and Photoshop their head off and put your head on it. Can I have an amen? Start somewhere. If you're believing for a car, what kind of car? You know, I tell this story about that truck I have. And uh, I really fell in love with that big truck because of Mark Wagon Connect. He's got a 2012 truck. I wanted his truck. I wanted a 2012 red black interior truck. But I like cowboys. Can I have an amen? Y'all know that. I love John Wayne. I like wearing my cowboy boots. And so I got looking for a truck. And that's all I'd look for. Well, I was looking for a smaller truck. And Lisa came in, bless her heart. She said, why don't you just get what you want? Well, I wanted that truck. So I started looking for that truck. And then one moment, I had a moment where all of a sudden I changed and I saw the interior of my truck. And it's got this brown leather. Well, I didn't know anything about the truck or the levels but it's called the King Ranch. We'll come to find out that's the top in that year. May, may still be the top no matter what year, I don't know. I didn't know what that means. I didn't know that it came with heated seats. Let's all bless his name. Can I have an amen? <laughs> oh, it gets even better. It comes with cooled seats. Can I have an amen? That's worth everything in the summertime. I love that. And I'm sitting at my desk one day. I had been looking at trucks off and on for two and a half to three months. Every day, every morning, every night. I go through Facebook, Craigslist, these truck sites. And one, after a moment, I, I got mad about it and frustrated about it because I got tired of looking. And I hit the desk and I said, and I did like this, I said, God, I said, God, you know what I want. I know what I want and you know where it's at. Now help me find it. I said, I ain't gonna worry about this thing anymore. We were talking about desperate prayers earlier. I said, I ain't gonna worry about this anymore. You know where it's at. I know what I want. You know what I want. I said, and you know where it's at. And I don't want it to be far away. I'm not driving to Tennessee to buy a truck. Now, maybe this is impatience. I don't care to drive four hours to say, to look at somebody and go, this is junk. Can I have an amen? That means I get to drive four hours back home all frustrated. God knows where that truck's at. And what's funny is right before that prayer, I had found a King Ranch truck 10 miles from my house and got all excited, even bought a Carfax on it and did not read the thing and it had already sold. But during that moment, I had said, that's what I want. Had no clue what kind of truck, I mean the, the level. I just knew it was a 2012 F-250 diesel. It wasn't red like Mark's and I love that red. And I did find a red one, but it was from Maine and it already had rust in it. And I could tell that, so we ain't doing that. I walked to my bathroom. I walked two back to the garage and I sat down and something said to me, check one more time. I had not seen this truck ever in the last two days. And it had only been on there for about 24 hours. But in the last day and a half, I had not seen it. I found that truck. But I had gotten to the point to where that's all I could see was that truck. I had never even paid attention to F-250s. And we were buying it, believing to buy a camper, and we did. And somebody asked me right after I bought it, they said, man, you don't need a truck that big. I said, I will one day. 
Because who in here knows, what's the point of buying a camper if you can't pull it? We love that camper. What do y'all do with it? We just look at it in the driveway. Praise God, it's a blessing. Amen, I can't do that. So I, we got the, so, but I had to see it. Who in here has ever done this though? You start wanting something like a car, that's all you see. Is there not a powerful principle in that, that if you would ride it and see it? Who in here remembers the story of the woman with the issue of blood? Bible says that she had suffered many things of many physicians, had none the worst grew, had none, had none the worst grew better, but um, had none the worst grew worse, had not got better, and she pushed in the uh, press from behind, for she said within herself, she could see it. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. Now here's something about the hem. The hem, historically in Judaism, is actually the reference of God's anointing and power, and that's what they knew. So she knew if she could get to that shawl, the prayer shawl, and get to just the hem, she'd be healed. Because she knew that's what it meant. Now here's something that's funny about the Old Testament. Healing is not a new New Testament thing. Healing goes all the way back to, if you will, almost to, to, to creation and redemption. I mean, God always has had a plan to redeem people. And he's always had a plan to forgive people. And he's always had a plan to heal people. In fact, it's in Exodus that says, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. We love to quote that one. I quote that one. But that's an Old Testament verse. There were, there were processes you could get healed by in the Old Testament. How come people didn't do it? They couldn't see it. You know why? They didn't have the Bible like we do. You had to go to church, temple, which they didn't call it temple then. You had to go here the way, but you couldn't do this. You couldn't just sit here and open it and see it and let it come alive to you. And until you do that, there's a lot of things that'll never ever operate. You know, who in here knows it's hard sometimes to forgive people. But if you can see the benefit of it and how good, you know, I was thinking the other day, um, 2012, when all that happened at the landing. About five or six months later, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine in the Church of God, who I was very close to and still close to, and I love him. And he, he got me, he said, are you not mad? I said, no. He said, man, you gotta be upset a little bit. I said, well, if I meditate on it and think about it, I can get you know, upset. Back then, it's easier. It didn't take as long back then. Now it takes a long time for me to get upset if I start talking about it. He goes, man, he goes, if they can do you that way, they can do me that way. I said, well, when did you ever think they couldn't? I said, read the bylaws, read the minutes. I said, they can do anyone that way they want to anytime they want to. I said, that's the, the minutes. He said, but man, he goes, I'm mad for you. I said, why? I said, God's been good to me. God's been good to my church. I said, man, I said, I, I you know, I said, I'm just, but I can see the benefit of forgiving. I actually watch, I watch this every now and then. I'm, so, you know, I like politics, I always have. Because if you get politics right, you get a lot of things right. If you get politics wrong, you get a, a lot, everything can go wrong. And one of my favorite political figures is Richard Nixon. I know some people don't like that, you know, he's a crook. I love to hear him speak. He had a great vocabulary and a great delivery. He was, he was, he was a very good speech person, a speaker. And there's a speech 
And I remember when he resigned in August of 74, watching my mama watch him give his speech and my mama crying. And what's funny is my mama really didn't even like Richard Nixon. She just knew it was devastating, you know, to the nation and, you know, to his family. And you, in the, the press conference, it's the very last press conference he gave in the East Room. I watched it last night. I do it every now and then. It just, the speech always blesses me, always inspires me because he gives this one moment. And what's funny, if you ever study his life, he was, he was kicked in, put down a lot. And he played dirty. He'll admit that later in life. He played the game as it was played. But he came from very humble beginnings and had to fight to where he was. I, I respect that too. But he's sitting there and it's the very end of the speech and he looks at everybody and he says, you know, he goes, in life, we all take some knocks. We all take some hits. He says, but don't ever hate anybody. He says, a lot of them are just doing their job. This is me paraphrasing, but he says, don't ever hate anybody. He says, because as long as you don't hate them, they don't win. He says, but when you hate them, they do win. And then he looks to the side and you can tell, to me, it looks like he's looking at somebody, he, whoever he looked at, I'd love to know that. He goes, and when you do that, you destroy yourself from within. To me, that's a powerful comment. But see, I can see after 30 years of ministry, the foolishness of unforgiveness. Because I've met church members and church people and whatever, and they ain't forgiven nobody. They ain't gonna bring up what happened to them 14 years ago and how somebody was mean to them 14 years ago and cut their off in traffic two years ago and how they did this. Now, sometimes I like the good story for a story, but listen, guys, you, you gotta see the, if you can see the forgiveness of God flowing in somebody's life, if you can see the benefit more than the hurt, you'll walk towards the benefit every time. Amen. But so most people just want to see the hurt. Now again, look, everybody look at somebody and say, see it. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, while we look not at things which are seen, but we are looking at things which are unseen. And we ought to have those things so strong in our life that we can't see anything else. Now, uh, I, I'm, oh, here it is. That's one of the reasons why I said, you know, you ought to have pictures in here. You ought to write it down. You ought to make sure that you, it reminds you. Um, I've said this for years. I really don't understand this at all. I have never understood anybody. The uh, only time I've ever been in the hospital was when I was about eight or nine had my tonsils out. But I got rules if I'm ever going to be in a hospital. I got definite rules if my wife's ever in a hospital. Number one, people who don't believe anything can't come visit. I don't care how close you are to me and if I love you, if you ain't gonna speak right or believe right around my wife, you ain't coming to visit my wife. I know that sounds mean, but I'm gonna protect that. And I got a point for this. I've never understood people who are sick unto death and you go in there and they're watching Dr. Phil. Or, or, or what's the other one that was, oh, what was the one that was always so weird? Is it Mari? Yeah, they're watching Mari. Well, dear Lord, that, that was just a messed up big show to begin with. Watch people yell and scream and fuss and fight and who's your daddy and I'm a, I'm a KKK and, you know, I hate black people and I hate white people and I hate other people and, you know, all fussing and fighting. And then the, it, ain't a good, it ain't a good Mari show unless we have a knockdown drag out fight. Can I have an amen? Got to have that. And we're going to let that into our spirit at a time when we need Jesus and healing power. Why? Because it affects what you see. It affects how you believe. 
That's why Jesus said, Ted said, take heed what you hear. And he also said, Jesus said, and you can look it up. He said, if your eye be evil, your whole body's evil. So you gotta watch what you see. Now see, I use that as a parallel to vision. When you're believing for something, you need to see it. Doesn't matter what anybody else sees. You need to see it. And you need to not only see it, here's my time. I've gone too long. You need not only see it, but you need to protect it. Now, I'm gonna throw this out just because I wanna make sure nobody can disqualify me on something that I'm saying. On some things you're believing for, you might need to take some things into consideration. If you are four foot five and you wanna play for the Houston Rockets, that might not happen. Huh? There was Spud Webb. I knew somebody would say that. I knew I was gonna have one dissenter in the congregation that I had to deal with immediately after service. See me in my office, okay? I'm just teasing. I thought about that last night. But that's not the norm. Does everybody got me? On the other side, don't let it kind of dissuade you, but you do have to take that into consideration. Now, I would love to be a singer. I'm telling you, I would love to. And and every now and then, y'all do encourage me much to my wife's dismay, okay? Because I'll do some song or something, and somebody comes, Pastor Chris, that was good. And I always do the same thing. I just wrap my arms around them and pray that Jesus will heal their hearing. Because I know it ain't that good. I don't think, especially when I hear it. And I can't sing as me. I gotta see somebody else. But I'm, I'm too, too, too uh, skittish about it. Too ner- I ain't never, been, ain't never been scared to preach, singing, put a blindfolder on me and let me imagine I'm in the bathroom and that I'm, uh, and that I'm Dean Martin or Elvis Presley or Jimmy Swaggart or somebody because if I'm having to be me, I can't do it. I gotta be somebody else. So I know within that realm, I got some limits. Now, if I wanna push the limits, I can. And I should. But on the other side too, there's sometimes, you know, that's just not, now, now I'll, I'll throw this out. I want to be vision, a great preacher, a good communicator. And I changed that from my 20s because in my 20s, I just wanted to be a high preacher. Can I have an amen? Well, I found out I wasn't making as much impact on people's lives teaching and preaching because, you know, some of that preaching is just getting people excited. Well, you can get people so excited, they don't even know what they're amening. And then you can say stuff and they don't even know what they're doing. I've even done that. Who here knows he can get, he, he can get dangled out of the lines then. Amen. Moses through the Red Sea. Amen. Gilligan off the island. Amen. And people will amen it. That's right. Praise God. Amen. Because they're just amen and everything. Don't even know what they're doing. I one time messed up and instead of saying, who wants to go to seven? I said, who wants to go to hell? Had four or five people. Amen. Not even paying attention. So I changed. I want to be a communicator. I want to be a good speaker. I want to be a preacher. Teacher. Teacher. But man, I'll listen to some preachers. And again, I'm not trying to be funny sometimes. There's some things I know. I don't know if I say that. But I mean, it just happens. When I was in my 20s, I hated that. I can't even express it enough. Every service, I'd come out and look at Lisa. I said, was I like so-and-so? Was I like so-and-so? You know, big TV preachers. Was that like, you know, Rod Parsley? Was that, was that like John Hagee? Man, I wish I could preach more like John Osteen. Man, I wish I could preach like Chuck Swindoll. Man, Chuck Swindoll to me is just, he's good. He's just so, he can float that little story out. Then he throws out that little quote that nobody's ever heard in their life. 
then he does something else. Is that music? I ain't ready yet. Turn that off. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> What's wrong with you? It's 12.07, I got eight minutes before I gotta close. I know I got my one time right and blown that one pie. Um, I'm trying to be led by the Spirit. Quit restricting me. Lord, I pray in Jesus. <laughs> I'm teasing. He touched me. Okay, okay, amen. Oh, he touched me. And I finally had to realize I have to work with what I got. I had a lady come to me one time in the church and she goes, boy, I enjoyed what you did tonight. You know that certain no, it wasn't a certain, that meant no. I, I don't know what you did, but I enjoyed it. It blessed me. I'm like, well, thank you, lady. And I knew she meant it well, but it kind of hurt. I, I'm never going to be Chuck Swindoll. I am never going to be Kenneth Copeland. I am never going to, but here, here's another side. They ain't ever going to be me. Exactly. Amen. Now, I thank God for Jesse Duplantis. Me too. For one reason. Jesse made it normal for me to be me. Because I'd have people, especially when I was in my 20s, you ought to be more, you ought to be more devout. And I'm like, I ain't trying to mess up. I'm, 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 God is my witness. I was doing my best. But I'd mess up, and I want every head closed. Christians closing their heads right now as we come to prayer. Closing your heads. I'm doing Billy Graham right now. Billy, in here. Billy Graham. Christians praying. Christians praying. Closing your heads. Bowing your eyes right now. Let's bow our eyes right now. Bowing your eyes. Bowing your eyes right now. And people would start laughing. Tick me off. I had no idea. After service, I'd have somebody come up and say, man, I ain't been in church in years. Church ticks me off. I liked you. Now, here's the part. I couldn't see the value of who I was. And I had to overcome that. I finally had to start seeing, identifying, the value of the who that was. Has everybody got me? Yes. But I still know on some things I have limits. I had somebody look at me one time and they said, I really enjoy your parenting materials. I said, that's good because I stole it all from James Dobson. Can I have an amen? I said, it's just ran through me. But see, you, so on some things you might have to, no, like on singing, I know I'll never be a great singer. I know that, in a sense. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be. Oh, who's somebody? If I could sing like, does anybody in here remember Brooks Benton? Rainy Night in Georgia Voice. Oh, man, he had this deep, soulful voice. Rainy Night in Georgia. Oh, man. If I could sing like that and play an organ. I would be worthless to the kingdom. Can I have an amen? I would just be in my own little world. That might be why I can't. Can I have an amen? I'm not, I'm not, I'm being serious. But I can still make a joyful noise. Now I got a pastor friend, had a lady in her church who felt led to sing. So she came and she got on the prayer team, I'm the singing team, and she sang. She sang a lot. Woman couldn't sing. Honest to God, couldn't carry a tune in a bucket off key, off pitch, off rhythm. But honey, you'd never know it. And if you ever listened to her talk, she'd say, I'm a worshiper. I know God's called me to worship. What's really funny was she was the best worshiper on the stage. Because who's ever watched somebody sing a happy song on church sometimes? You know, power, power, power in the blood. You know that song, you know? Yeah, there's power. And they're up there. There's power, power, power in the blood. 
and the line, oh, there's power. And then you got that other person. I got to be honest, there's a balance. Sometimes I'd rather sometimes have the out, out of tune, out of key, whatever. At least they got some life and joy. Can I have an amen? So the pastor went to her and looked at her pastor's wife because she led worship. She says, can you stay on the worship team? She said, but I have a favor. And she said, what? She said, we're not going to turn your mic on. She says, because what you bring has value. She said, because you are a worshiper. You don't care what anybody thinks or does. Because like, she didn't say it this way. She's like, you can't sing, but you don't care. And then you get other people who can sing and they do care. But who in here knows that that vision to bless people was still being manifested? Amen. So see, don't, don't limit some of that on some things because God can bring it. To, you know, and again, I, I used to have a dream when I was a young preacher that I would get to preach in this church in South Carolina. It's in Spartanburg, South Carolina. It's actually now um, a satellite for Jensen Franklin. It used to be called um, Evangel Cathedral. Largest standing Pentecostal sanctuary in South Carolina. At one time, it was said about 5,000 people. And they actually has this copper looking glass on the front of it. And come to find out that that glass, when it was done, actually had like a certain amount of gold spun into it to give it that gold color. And I'm 16, I drive by, I know I'm gonna be a preacher. I drive by and I say, one day I'm gonna preach in that church. One day I'm gonna speak in that church. One day I'm gonna preach in that church. I'm gonna, you know, I'm looking. For, and I just kind of had a childhood dream. Well, I got to preach in that church. All, all that dreams. Now, here's what's funny. You know what got me in that church? Not my preaching. Comedy. And the preacher actually called me up and we got talking. Charles Galden, good man of God. He says, will you come? He goes, just do comedy and an altar call. That's all I want. He said, we've gone through a hard season. He goes, oh, we just need to laugh. I said, whatever you need. And I still remember, their stage was about six, seven, eight times this size. And just for fun, when I walked in, he introduced me. And I felt like I was walking. It was so long. I walked up there. This is the way I started. I went, let me catch my breath. I'm out of breath. That's the longest stage I've ever walked across in my life. My gosh, it's a football field out here. And everybody started laughing. I, I think we had about 50, 45, 50 people get born again that morning. And here I was being goofy, telling stories. And I had a whole message. Vision. So let your vision change and adapt, but you've got to start seeing it. Now, if you want to get out of debt, start seeing it. Number one, look at your bank account more than you look at Amazon. Can I have an amen? Because if you look at it, you're... Now, who in here has ever heard me say this phrase? I think you actually asked me to drive your truck one time. You want to drive my truck? No. Well, why not? Because my daddy taught me, if you drive it and you like it, you will find a way to buy it, whether you can afford it or not. Who's ever bought something you could not afford? Who regretted it? Why? Because you quit visioning that out of debt and started visioning how good we're going to look pulling up to the family reunion in the 250. Can I have an amen? And of course we know, me and Mark know, that that is the deepest will of God for all automobile drivers. Can I have an amen? The, the F-250, that's just it. Now I want, again, I want to say this, write it down. I put it in my notes last week, I'll say it again, is that vision 
gives your imagination the permission to come to pass. Don't only write it down, find some pictures so that it keeps you stirred. Because what was I doing when I was looking for that F-250? I was looking at pictures of F-250s. I got to the point to where I could tell an a late I got to where I could tell a 6.2 and a 6.7 engine just by looking at the truck. I'm sorry, a 6.0. I could tell just by looking at the truck. I said, well, that's not the one I want. I want that 6.7. And you know why I wanted that 6.7? That's what Mark had. That's exactly why I wanted a 6.7. And everybody told me, even that got friend of yours, he said, oh, if you do get this other engine and do this stuff to it, it's a good engine. I was like, nope, I want what he's got. I wasn't lusting, can I have an amen? Everybody say amen. So write your vision. Write your vision. If, you, if, you, if, if, if there's something physically that you need healing from, get, get pictures of you. Again, make it up on Facebook or on YouTube, Photoshop, whatever, of you not needing it. And plan for what you need. Amen, give me music. I need to wrap it up. Thank God you, was, you, you were in the spirit there. You weren't earlier. Can I have a, I'm, just, I'm teasing, Sherry. I'm teasing. I'm just teasing. Thank you. That's what they were supposed to do. She did exactly what she wanted to do. So I want, you, I want you to do that this week. And don't play with this. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. And, and you say, well, Pastor Chris, I can't find pictures of being healed for what I need. Then just write the scriptures of being healed. And stick them everywhere so you see it. Make them big. Don't just put them on uh, 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 post-it notes or index cards. Make it get a poster board. I tell you what I do. Go to Office Depot, get a scripture and blow it up to four by six. Stick it on the wall. Well, that's just going extreme, buddy. Desperate prayers get answered a whole lot quicker. And when you get desperate, you'll figure out a way to keep your attention straight. Do what you need to do. Well, it just seems extreme. Well, I'd hold up rather do that and be extremely blessed, extremely healed, extremely whole, extremely at peace. Can I have an amen? Because that's one thing about balance I don't want. I don't want what I used to call balance. A little healing, a little sickness, a little blessing, a little cursing, a little life, a little death. No. I want to be an extremist for Jesus. I want life and all the abundant life he can put in my body. Can I have an amen? Everything he's got. If he paid the price for it, I want it. Not because I'm trying to be greedy, but if he paid for it, for me to have and you to have, I want us to walk in it. I do not want to be unappreciative for what he did. And it is unappreciative to have somebody look at me, look at you and say, I have paid for this and I want you to, well, I'm not, I'm not receiving that from you. That's not being thankful. Thankfulness would be looking at somebody and saying, well, thank you. I don't deserve this. And who in here knows we don't? but because you want to bless me, I'll receive it. Can I have an amen? amen? Father, we bow our heads and we thank you right now that you're so good and that you help us see this week new areas, new, new, new plateaus, new visions, just greatness, Father. New identity of who we are in Christ, that we're healed, that we're whole, that we're blessed. That, Father, our families serve you every single one in Jesus name right now without anybody looking around if you'd say Pastor Chris I, I need to make my life right 
I need to rededicate my life. If that's you, hold your hand up. I ask, I look around, I know pretty much everybody here, but I always wanna give that invitation, especially because I don't know who's online or when somebody will watch this online. At the same time, if you'd say, Pastor Chris, I'm believing for certain things, but I want God to give me clarity this week on some things to believe for. And that's what you ought to do. You ought to ask God to give you the vision. Don't, don't just come up with, and again, that's why I put in the note thing, just dreams, maybe some things you're dreaming about. You ain't sure if it's will of God or not, but you're just dreaming on it. You're letting your, your heart and your mind wander. That, that is perfectly normal and you ought to do it. But we're asking for God to give us a specific vision for this year, what to do, what to believe for. I know I am for the church, I know I am for me. If you'd say, Pastor Chris, that's me, hold your hand up. That you want God to reveal some things to you. Okay, hold your hand up and pray this with me, everybody. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus is my Lord, that Father, you are my Father, and I receive the blessedness of the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me. Father, I ask you to give me vision, not only for my life, not only for my church, not only for my family, but for the world, so that I may reach people and bless people with the gospel. In Jesus' name, I will seek you this week. I will wait on you this week. And I will write what you give me. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Now as we get ready to dismiss, I want to encourage you, if you need one of these, I can print some up and, and get one to you. But it's a personal vision. And, and, and I would encourage you to use it. But I'd also encourage you to just use something else to make it bigger. Uh, make it as detailed as you can. If you're believing for a car, what kind of car did I want? What kind of truck did I want? I wanted a 2010 to preferably 2013, 14. Really, I wanted a 2012 one. What F-250, six, seven diesel. I wanted it somewhere between 175 and 225,000 miles on it so I could afford it. Because a good diesel engine can go for 500,000. My goal for mine's 500. And when I get about 450, I want to go to 750. Can I have an amen? I want to stretch it as long as I can. Because once you've been to the mountain, why live in the valley? Can I have an amen? In a, but I knew exactly what I wanted. And what's amazing was I didn't even know all the stuff on that truck, but I knew the minimum that I had to have. And a lariat. I knew I wanted the lariat. I knew that. I didn't know what that meant. I still don't know what it means, but I just knew the lariats had the stuff on it that I wanted. And guess who else had a lariat? Mark did. See, again, that's one thing y'all be watchful about your life. People watch your life. Can I have an amen? And I thank God for a good godly man like Mark, who should let his pastor win golf a little more often, but that's okay. Amen. Uh, a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, again, we don't have a slide for this, but youth is the second and fourth Sunday. So in two Sundays, the youth will meet again. So make sure your youths are here. Uh, Wednesday night, 7.30, meet us online. We uh, always do online on Wednesdays. And then also uh, next Sunday, uh, we had first, um, sorry, second Saturday prayer last night. Great, great time. And a great time of fellowship afterwards. And uh, there's also the ladies meeting first Saturday of the month. Now, next month, we will do our first Sunday luncheon, which will be the first Sunday of February. Uh, so that we'll be doing that again and we'll have all the tables set up. And it's Valentine's, but we're not celebrating that. Can I have an amen? I mean, you know, I mean, um, I don't mean this wrong. 
I want to celebrate Valentine's with Lisa, not all y'all. Can I have an amen? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, and y'all are the same way. You know, if you're married, you're the same way. Carol don't want me around with Cindy when, you know, when they go on Valentine's. I, I get that. I get that. I appreciate that. And I'm teasing. But uh, we'll have some, uh, have a great time. So that'll be uh, first Sunday of February. Um, last thing yesterday, everybody asked me last night, and I want to make sure we mention it real quick. Ask me, is there anything? So um, the... So if you don't know, uh, there is a group that has approached the church about buying the building. And so we may be um, a wandering tribe in a few months. And uh, if they buy the building, we can use the back, the back and stuff for um, up to a year. Um, if for whatever reason we had to move, I actually have got, uh, already worked some things out temporarily that we could meet if we had to. Um, Somebody asked me, you know, I've always used this phrase. They'll ask me, say, are you not upset? Are you not concerned? Are you not worried? No. Jesus said to cast all our care on him. Amen. And let not your heart be troubled. So we're not going to let our heart be troubled. And I know that if God can take three and a half million people, lead them out of Egypt and bondage and slavery, and lead them around for 40 years because of their uh, disobedience, let's mind that, but, but because of that, and still lead them and guide them and take care of them, he can take care of a small church that's becoming a bigger church, that's having a transition from one move to another. Okay, that's not a big deal. So we're gonna walk in faithful now, believe God, because God's faithful. But uh, the, only, the only update I can give you about that process, because everybody asked me last night in prayer, is um, the builder, the buyer, the contract, they brought a bunch of people in Friday to look at it, you know, uh, to change. Um, this, you know, because I have to change for classrooms because it's a charter school. And um, that was really kind of a, uh, a do, not a do or die, but a deciding moment because if they came in and said, you can't do it, you know, you, you can't make this work in the time frame and for the money, then it would have been a, you know, they would have axed it. Well, evidently, uh, because of things I was reported to, um, it went pretty well. They, they think they can make it work and everything's good. So, it's still just clicking along where it's at. We don't really know nothing. Probably won't know nothing again for, this is the uh, middle of January. Probably won't know anything in my opinion now uh, until we know something. Can I have an amen? That's all I know to tell you. I mean, I don't know anymore. I mean, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because they could at any time come in and say for whatever reason we don't. Or they could, uh, and I don't know their parameters. They could be waiting more for zoning, which is still a hurdle they have to make sure is, is, is uh, acceptable. Um, could be more the builders. A couple of the builders did not come that Friday that they were supposed to. Um, who in here knows most builders and contractors need a calendar and a watch? Can I have an amen? Um, and so anyway, we love the contractors and builders as a church. Can I have an amen? Okay. Don't want anybody to feel dislocated or just left out. So I'd just be praying about it and, um, you know, thanking God. God's faithful and good. Uh, I still have probably one of the deepest pieces about this whole thing. And it's funny. I usually like a plan, a backup plan and a backup backup plan, amen? Uh, if, if, if I'm happy with $1,000 in the bank, I want two. Uh, if I, when I get to 2,000, I want four. When I get to four, I want eight or 12. You know what I'm saying? I, I, that, 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 that plan thing never ceases for me. I always want at least one or more backups. Um, my joke at home is I want three mustards, three ketchups, three mayonnaise in the house at all times. So when I run out, I'm using one, then I can use one, I replace it, and then I got a backup. Because if somebody drops that, you know, and most of it's plastic now, but when I was a kid, if you dropped the mayonnaise and broke it, and there's no mayonnaise for that egg sandwich, Jesus Christ, can I have an amen? That is not right. 
And uh, who in here knows we don't need to all live that way. We need to trust Jesus. Now, if Jesus tells us to buy three mayonnaise, we ought to buy three mayonnaise. But Jesus has told us in this instance, trust me and I will meet your need and open up the door. Amen. So that's what we're going to do. So stand up with me, if you will. I mean, be praying about that, excited about it. I'm very excited about it. I am. I, I've been so excited. Somebody asked me one time, they, they said, well, what would y'all do if y'all have to have an afternoon service? I said, we're going to have an afternoon service. And thank God we get to sleep late on Sunday. Can I have an amen? Do y'all know how long Molly Vaughn used to push for that? Molly Vaughn used to put, y'all pick on her. Next time she goes, Daddy, Jesus wants us to meet in the afternoon. I'm like, no, you want us to meet in the afternoon because you do not like getting up in the morning. She goes, Jesus wants what I want. Can I have, I'm like, Molly. Molly, I said, no. And I've actually thought about it for years as just a different avenue to reach other people. Um, and it would be fine with me, honestly, no matter where we move, to do two services a day. Do an early and do a late. And just use that as an outreach to people who don't go to church especially people who like to party on Saturday night. Can I have an amen? I still remember years ago, we had a couple come to church half buzzed, hung over and drunk. And uh, Danny Johnson was preaching for us at the landing and called them out, prophesied to them, told her she was gonna have a baby within a year. She had been told she would never have another baby. She had two. And that was uh, Andy Jones, Jeremy and Andy. They became our youth pastors. I had no idea the full story. And we got talking about, I got talking to him one day and I said something about it. She goes, well, we, we were half hung over when we came to church that morning. I said, you didn't look it. She's like, well, we know how to do that. Can I have an amen <laughs> or something? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to do that. I ain't never been drunk. And uh, so uh, I, I'd love that. Can I have an amen? I'd love to have more people that need Jesus. Give me a good amen on them. But we also need the people who have Jesus to love on us. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you right now that you shine your face upon us, you're gracious unto us, and you give us your peace. And that, Father, we have the greatest week of our life this week. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. 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 If uh, you're a first, second, third time guest, if you will take a moment and see me outside at the table, what we call the info table.